So today's reading can be found on page 1048 of the Church Bibles. I'm reading from Acts chapter 15. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, who were leaders among the believers. With them, they sent the following letter. The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. We have heard that some went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. Farewell. So they were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. After spending some time there, they were sent off by the believers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Some time later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Thank you, Rachel. So let's pray as Bill comes and shares his reflections with us. Father God, we thank you for uh, for your word that comes to us, that teaches us, that reveals to us things about our lives and draws us closer to you and the people that you want us to be. Father, we pray now that you would speak through Bill's words. You would show us how you want us to be transformed. Amen.
And I have to say, I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't thrilled uh, when, as a student at Bristol Baptist College, I was given a rota of places where different students would go out to preach. There were lots of churches round about, and uh, it was the practice that, that those who were at the college would each Sunday go out to a different place. And, and I was due to go out to uh, West End Baptist Church in Westbury, Wiltshire. I didn't know where it was either at the time. And um, they were looking at various characters uh, from the Bible, and uh, they were wanting me to come and preach to them about Cornelius. And I thought, I can, I can preach to you about Cornelius. I thought, great story. But then, then the rotor got jiggled a bit, and I don't quite know what happened. Maybe we swapped a week. I can't remember, but it ended up that instead of being able to preach on Cornelius, hooray, great messages there, I got Silas. And as I said, I, I wasn't thrilled, because um, what are you supposed to say? Well, you're supposed to read the scriptures and find out what they say. <laughs> and in that process, I discovered a New Testament character who I would probably otherwise have sort of bounced over and never paused really to think much about. And I'm grateful, so thank you, West End Baptist Church, because you made me look at this person called Silas. Well, what are we told about him? We don't have tons, but, but we've got bits and pieces across the New Testament. The first time we come across him is in Acts chapter 15, the passage which has just been read. We learn that Silas was a member of the church in Jerusalem and was a prophet, that is one who spoke for God, proclaiming the words of God to people. So he was somebody who, who spoke for God within the church at Jerusalem. And we pick up the story at a time when the church in Jerusalem has been meeting together with those from outside, particularly Paul and Barnabas, who've come down, down south from, um, from Antioch in, uh, in Syria, basically to kind of <clears throat> give an account of themselves, or maybe to sort of negotiate a way through a rather tricky situation, because <laughs> up north in Antioch, a whole load of non-Jewish people Gentiles were coming to faith in Jesus. And that required a huge shift in thinking and in the way church was thought about and organised. A whole shift in, in who do we think the people of God are. It was big stuff. 
And Paul and Barnabas come down to Jerusalem and say, look, how how are we going to keep us all together, these followers of Jesus? (laughs) Those from Jewish backgrounds and those who are coming from a non-Jewish background. How are we going to hold this uh, together? And the council at Jerusalem, as it's generally called, come up with this letter, which has fairly sparse requirements on the uh, non-Jewish people who are coming to faith in Jesus. And they send this letter up to uh, Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, but they also send Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, who are, as I said, prophets within the church, and they're sent so that... uh, They can kind of authenticate the letter, as it were, and say, absolutely. And if somebody was saying, how did the discussion go at this point? They could kind of feed back, maybe, and and, and speak about it alongside Paul and Barnabas. And so Silas goes. One of the things which I'm hoping and wanting to unpack is, is the humility of Silas. I I shouldn't really make too much of this, but it strikes me as interesting that almost every time uh, we come across Silas, there's a little word in front of his name, which is and. (laughs) It's somebody else and Silas. He almost always gets second billing. It strikes me as quite unusual. He gets second billing even when he's being sent with Judas Barsabbas and Silas. Judas Barsabbas drops out of the story at that point. Silas continues to have thought at least, you know, this is a character we're going to come across later in the story of Acts and in the letters, actually. But, uh, But no, Judas and Silas. And then... Later, he joins up with Paul, as we also heard in that reading, on a a, a missionary journey. He he sets out with Paul, and naturally, it's Paul and Silas. And we find his name at the beginning of a couple of the letters of Paul, his letters to the Thessalonians. And we find Paul and Silas, the authors there. I shouldn't make too much about the fact that He's named second, but it does strike me that it, 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 it hints towards things which are actually evident much more strongly elsewhere. That here is a man for whom second place is a perfectly comfortable and good place to be. Because Silas ends up going on a missionary journey with Paul. How did that come about? Well, Paul and Barnabas had been on one missionary journey. Uh, Basically, they'd gone into an area of what's now Turkey was called, uh, well, Asia Minor Turkey, uh, through a number of Roman provinces there. They'd planted some churches. They'd had some tough times together. And... uh, They were saying, let's go back to these Christian communities which we've planted and established 
Some of them we had to leave town pretty quick. <laughs> and, and we haven't had really an opportunity to sort of see how they're bedding in. And Barnabas and Paul are, are sort of talking about doing this. And, um, and there's a disagreement about um, whether John Mark should come. John Mark, probably the person who later comes to write Mark's gospel, but he doesn't have that to his name at this stage. John Mark was somebody who'd been with them on the beginnings of that previous trip. He'd actually gone with them through Cyprus, and, but as soon as they'd hit the mainland, or, or pretty soon afterwards, he'd gone. We don't really know why. But actually, it's a tough gig. It's not easy, these missionary journeys. And Barnabas says he's willing to come. Give him a second chance, Paul. And Paul says, basically, I, 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 can't, I, I can't carry baggage. I, I can't have a quitter with me. Quitter, second chance, quitter, second chance. Gets quite heated. And Barnabas and Paul end up going their separate ways. Actually, Barnabas goes and takes John Mark and they go to Cyprus, the bit where actually John Mark had been there, to actually go and visit the folk there. And Paul goes straight to the mainland. But he needs another companion, a, a, a co-worker, a partner in mission. And he chooses Silas. So Silas comes on this trip. And let's be honest, he comes as second choice. He wasn't part of plan A. Might have been part of God's plan A, but he was not part of Paul's plan A. He was not actually the person who had been first approached and timetabled, as it were, for this role. But he joins with a willingness and an enthusiasm which comes through. I rehearsed some of the story of what happened when they got to Philippi. Actually, one of the areas beyond, they didn't just visit the churches and places they'd been to before. They actually broke new territory on this journey and they ended up going over into um, Macedonia in, in, in um, sort of northern Greece, uh, going over into Europe and uh, breaking new, new ground. And in Philippi, they end up <laughs> in prison for doing the right thing, as I was saying earlier uh, in the uh, setting the scenes bit with the children here. And it is remarkable that they're there with their feet all chained up, praising God. Because I don't know about your experience of church life, but 
my experience of church life is that we are not short of people, sadly, who, if they're not first choice, sulk. Never quite get past it. (laughs) And if ever there's somebody who's not sulking, (laughs) but actually absolutely throwing himself in a costly way into this venture with Paul, it's Silas. I mean, I have known in churches people who have sulked for years, decades even, over some slight or slights in the past. Hmm. But Silas strikes me as somebody who's not build first and Silas. He's not even first choice assistant. He's second choice assistant. And he goes for it. He goes for it with enthusiasm and humility. And the other thing which I see as a theme going through Silas's life in Acts, but also in the letters, uh, among the letters of the New Testament, I find a figure of reconciliation. I mean, ask yourself the question. When the church in Jerusalem were sending off Paul and Barnabas with this letter to Antioch, why did they choose Judas and Silas to go with? There might be all kinds of reasons which I don't know and we don't know. But it strikes me that they chose somebody from all that we do know of him who actually is quite a reconciler, who has a reconciling heart, who has a heart for the unity of the church. He's sent to explain this this good news, saying basically non-Jewish believers, welcome here. He's sent to sort of back up that message. And then, when Paul and Barnabas fly apart with bad blood and severe, how's the translation here? I'm forgetting. It is a sharp disagreement. In some translations, I can't remember which is here, but but a serious disagreement. And actually, who's the person who Paul calls and who comes alongside Silas? Silas seems to be being called into situations which actually quite divisive and quite heated as a good person to come in at those moments. Coming in after a bit of a bust-up and a dispute. Coming in to help explain how non-Jewish believers and Jewish believers can be held together in the one people of God. And he accompanies Paul on his missionary journey. And it's recorded that uh, 
actually in the places where Paul has been before, they're reading this letter from Jerusalem and Silas is there to back that up too, not just in Antioch, but in other places too. I mean, there's other reasons maybe why, Paul, why Silas was, uh, was asked to uh, join in this trip. He did have a great social advantage of the day. He was a Roman citizen, which is uh, a bit like kind of having a uh, you know, particularly favourable passport, a sort of British passport in the era when uh, that was, well, it still is quite a desirable passport to have. Open doors. Well, he had Roman citizenship, opens doors. But I do think he's called also because he's this person who just seems to have this gluing, reconciling aspect to him. Somebody who's not so full of his own ego that he has to be first top billing, but actually is drawing people together. And you look in the letters. He is helping Paul in uh, the first and second letter to the Thessalonians. He's named as one of the people in whose name the letter is sent. He's there with Paul as the letter's kind of being sent out. And his name's there. In uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, we uh, find, I think it's verse 19, we, we find... That, that he has been ministering alongside uh, Paul because uh, Paul says, when we were with you preaching, and then he names the people who are preaching, Timothy, myself, Timothy and Silas. We always said that in, in Christ all, all God's promises are yes, and he goes on. So, so, so he's been part of, the, of this team alongside Paul. But also, we find the name of Silas popping up in uh, the first letter of Peter 1 Peter chapter 5 we find Silas's name pops up again now Paul and Peter hadn't always <laughs> seen eye to eye they'd had their disagreements read uh, through the uh, letter to the Galatians to find out uh, the fact that uh, there'd been some tense times but we find that Silas is there helping Peter too. That uh, in 1 Peter it sort of says that the, uh, this letter is being sent through Silas, which might mean that Silas is the one who's taking the dictation and writing it down. It might mean that he's the courier who is carrying the letter. He might indeed have had both roles. <laughs> but he is assisting, supporting, helping Peter at that stage of the New Testament, just as he had been supporting, helping, assisting Paul. I, I find here this wonderfully unifying figure that actually people want on their support team. People want Silas on their team. We need more people like Silas in the churches people who glue us together who aren't so full of their own ego that it gets in the way but who actually have a heart for drawing people together I preached 
on Silas. I've done it in several places, but I, one place I preached on it was at an Arab church in Haifa in Israel. And afterwards, one of the uh, men came up to me and said, thanked me for the message, and said, this is, this is hard for us Arabs. We, we don't like second place. But not many of us do. <laughs> not many of us relish that. I don't think it's easy for many of us. But Silas takes that not first place, a really important place, but not the first place, not the first choice, and actually goes around and, and, and draws people together. So as I see Silas coming through the pages of the New Testament, I find somebody who's humble, peaceable, supportive, part of the cement keeping churches together rather than pushing them apart. And that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. So Silas is a hero of mine. Thank you, West End Baptist Church in Westbury. I'd have never thought of it as a name for a son, had the rotor probably not been jiggled. But I like the name, and I like the man. He's got a lot to teach us. Let's pray. Oh Lord, thank you for Silas and thank you for all who bravely and humbly proclaim your message but don't let their ego get in the way and promote unity among the churches. Lord, I, I pray afresh for our church here, for this church, for Camborne Church, as a symbol of unity. May that not be paper thin, but may that be deep in our bones as you work in us to be a beacon of hope and unity in a world which deeply needs people bridging divides. And so, Lord, come, work in me, work in us, what's pleasing to you. And Lord, help us and change us and purge us where our ego gets in the way of our service to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.